Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, verses uh, 1 through 8. I'm going to read that to you. I, I encourage you, man, get, get your Bibles, highlight in them, write in them. I want to make your Bibles ugly. That is my goal. They're ugly. That means you're actually using them. Um, we're starting a brand new series. It actually started last weekend on Father's Day. And the brand new series for the whole summer is called Cool Summer. Cool Summer. So if you got your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings. We go on Old Testament today, chapter 19, verses 1 through 8. And it reads something like this. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Pretty much Jezebel was saying, May God deal with me if I don't kill you by tomorrow. Elijah was afraid, the prophet of God. He was afraid. And the Bible says he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, underline that, broom bush, and he sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Mm. Then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid down again. I love that. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord came back for a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. Underline that for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank strengthened by that food. He traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Today, if you're taking notes, in this part of this series, Cool Summer, I want you to entitle the message this, Running on E. Running on E. Let's pray again. Father God, we thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made. God, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you that before the earth ever began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that will be here today, that will be watching online today, God. And I pray right now, that I will lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, open hearts, minds, and ears to be receptive and open to a message that will always be about Jesus. God, I pray for the person that feels like giving up. Pray for the person that feels like they got nothing left. Pray for the person that's running on E. I pray that they would find strength, hope, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. 
and amen. Somebody once again, let's take about five seconds and give Jesus a shout of praise. Come on, Zoom, shake those cameras one time. Come on, audience, wave your hands. Come on. I like this audience thing, man. <laughs> Gets me fired up. Cool Summer. I love the, the name of this series that we're in right now because Cool Summer is all about messages that will refresh you as the world heats up. See what we did there? Cool Summer? Yes, pun intended. Um, <laughs> I hope and pray that God will give you revelation in this season through his word that keeps you cool all summer long. And um, as we dig into this story today, just a little background. The prophet Elijah was an amazing man of God, one of the greatest prophets to ever live. And this story picks up after, right after, um, Elijah defeats the prophets on Mount Carmel. There were about 450 of those prophets in all. And, and this is crazy because these men are beating themselves for Baal, this false god, to, to light this altar on fire, which he can't do it because he's not real. So many people believe in things that are just not real. But Elijah, he says, okay, Go ahead. Yeah, keep praying to your prophet. They're, they're beating themselves. They're cutting themselves. First of all, any God that would require you to hurt yourself in order for him to do what he has to do is probably not a God that is good for you. I love our God because he took the beating himself. He does not tell you to beat yourself. He took the beating himself for you. Whole nother sermon. <laughs> but anyways, I love this because Elijah, he starts making fun of him. He's like, hey, man, maybe your guy's on vacation. Hey, maybe he's on the toilet. Hey, speak louder, man. He cannot hear you. And literally, these men are just, oh, oh, as they're on the brink of defeat, Elijah's like, enough of this. I'm, I'm done with this. And he prays to the heavens after his altar. They pour water on his altar so, so much. They dig a trench around it and so much water is poured on the altar that is supposed to be lit on fire that in the trench, the trench is filled up with water and, and Elijah says, in the name of my God and as he prays to God literally fire comes down from heaven not only does it light up the altar it licks up all of the water in the trench and literally the altar is incinerated Elijah embarrasses the prophets of Baal and they are slaughtered in the moment 450 false prophets get slaughtered in the moment King Ahab is upset, and he tells his wife Jezebel she was an evil woman. She was crazy, and she says, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm praying to my guys right now. May they deal with me ever so severely if by this time tomorrow the prophet Elijah is not dead. Elijah, after his greatest victory, the Bible says he is in fear for his life, and he runs. Like, if, 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 if God in a moment came down in a prayer and did something miraculous for me, and I've already seen that the false gods around me have no power, I would not be scared. But because this woman threatens his life, he literally runs in fear. Today, 
I want to look at Elijah's life to understand how you keep cool when everything in the world is against you in a moment. First Kings 19.3 says, Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. Let me stop right there. So we see in a moment, he's afraid. He runs and his trusted servant that is with him, he says, hey, you stay here. And he goes into the wilderness by himself. I want to put context to that statement Elijah ran. Not only did he run, what you have to understand is he ran a hundred miles on foot from Jezreel to Beersheba. As a matter of fact, it says that the king was in a chariot drawn by horses and he was going in the same place and Elijah literally on foot beat him there. The, the spirit of the Lord came upon Elijah and gave him supernatural strength to do things that did not even make sense but he's so afraid he runs and then leaves his servant and goes on by himself he ran because he was scared and he leaves behind the person that is the closest to him let me ask you a question how far have you run and who have you left behind when you felt the most overwhelmed this is the story of Elijah, the powerful man of God. He runs when he's afraid, and he leaves the person that was closest to him. As a pastor, one of the saddest things that I see is that when people are overwhelmed by life, when they're running on E, they run as far away from God's house as they can, and they leave behind the people that are closest to them. Some of us get to a place where we're so desperate and so scared about what's going on in life, we run from the places that can help us and we leave behind the people that care the most about us. When you're feeling overwhelmed, do you run from God or do you run to him? When you're feeling overwhelmed, do you run from your family or do you run to them? Today, when you're feeling overwhelmed or when you're feeling like you're running on E, there's a few things that I want you to remember and the first is this. When you're running on E, never forget where there is life, there is hope. Where there is life, there is hope. Look at what 1 Kings 19 uh, verses 4 and 5 says. It says, he, he is Elijah, he came to a broom bush and sat down under it and prayed that he might die. My goodness, I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no, I'm no better than my ancestors. Oh, my goodness, That's, there's so much there. He says, then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. So Elijah runs 100 miles to Beersheba, leaves his servant there, and then he goes into the wilderness about a day's journey by himself. He sits under a broom bush. Some translations say a broom tree. And he asked for God to kill him. Sometimes you can have the greatest victory of your life and still feel overwhelmed. He had the greatest victory of his ministry when the 450 prophets of Baal were killed. But yet, because he's scared, because he's overwhelmed, he literally, right after victory, finds defeat in his life. And he asked for God to kill him. 
Sometimes it does not matter how good you are doing. When you feel overwhelmed, you feel like everything is too much. He says, God, please take my life. I want, I want somebody to hear me when I say this because I always want you to be careful about the life and death that you speak out of your mouth. When you are running on E, watch what you say when you talk to yourself. Listen, it's one thing to be running on E and other people say things against you, but the scariest thing that you can do when you're running on E is talk negatively to yourself. Watch what you say. Elijah had the greatest victory of his ministry, and because he was tired, he starts comparing himself to who? His ancestors. Did you hear it? He says he came to a broom bush, sat under it, and prayed that he might die. Lord, I've had enough. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. He's tired, and he starts comparing himself to his past. When you're running on E, never compare yourself with your past. I've heard so many people as a pa pastor, I need counseling. I say, what for? Man, I don't know what it is, man. I'm trying my hardest not to be, but I'm just like my dad. He was a womanizer, and I see myself going down the same path as him. Pastor, man, I'm, I'm just like my mom. When I get frustrated, I don't know what to do, so I, I, I turn to substances and I, and I consume and abuse alcohol and drugs because that's the only way I know how to cope with my life. I'm just like her. Pastor, our marriage is ending up just like the marriages of our parents. They divorced, they couldn't keep it together, man. We're just like them. I don't know how to get along with this woman. I don't know how to get along with this man. And I feel like the, 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 the divorce in my family, it's now coming down to my, it's now coming down to me and my family and my spouse. I feel like this generational curse is what we are destined to become because we're just like them. Pastor, people in my family, Man, they ain't never have money. They never been wealthy. They've been poor, and I feel like I'm just destined to this life of poverty, man. What, what do I do? I feel like I'm just like them. Hear me today and hear my heart when I say what I say. I want somebody to get this in your spirit. Don't just write it down in your notes because it sounds like a good lie. I really want you to Feel the essence of what I'm going to say to you right now. Never allow your confession to fuel your depression. Yeah. Hear me very carefully. Some of us are in such a low space and we confess things out of our mouth that literally add fuel to the fire of the season that we are in. Yeah. We're depressed and we want to climb out of the depression, but we keep saying things like, it's going to be this way because it's always been this way. I'm going to be this way because the people like me before me were this way. So I'm destined to be this way. We must never allow our confession to fuel our depression because the, 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 the mistakes of your ancestors are not your mistakes. The mistakes of your parents are not your mistakes. The mistakes of your aunties and uncles, the generational curses that they have allowed to continue because they did not stand firm in the word of God and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Those are not your mistakes. 
It's not what you are destined to be. You are destined to be whatever you speak life into. Speak life into your situation and not death. Here's the reality. Your failures are not their failures. You still have time to change them because you are still breathing. One of my favorite quotes from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was at the time is always right to do what is right. What was he saying right now in this moment? You are alive, so decide to do the right thing right now. You have an opportunity, a favorable time for the attainment of a goal right now is the perfect time. It is the favorable time in your life. It is the right season for you to make a change. You don't have to be what your family's been. You could be who God has called you you to be. Elijah, because he's scared, because he's tired, he plays into this self-inflicted depression, so much so that his body has a physical response to the, the death that he has spoken out of his mouth, and his body reacts by shutting down. And you know what he does? He goes to sleep. He sleeps. I find it, I find it interesting that Elijah, he was, he was so sad he fell asleep. You ever been so sad you just sleep? It's like, man, I don't know what else to do. I'm just sleep. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm physically drained. I'm a, this is not the, the only time that we see this in the Bible. The same thing happens to the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane when they find out that Jesus, when he tells them that he will be killed, and he says, why don't you stay up and pray with me? They cannot even stay up and pray with him because they are so saddened by what is about to happen to him. All they can do instead of pray is sleep. I know we always tell you as preachers, to pray but you ever been so sad you can't even pray all you do is sleep this is somebody that was running on e but this is why i love god because i find it interesting not that he fell asleep but where he decides to fall asleep the bible says that he falls asleep under a broom bush Theologians would say this probably wouldn't be a bush, it would be a tree, a broom tree. Another name for a broom tree is a juniper tree. Let me tell you why a juniper tree or a broom tree is an important tree. Because you only find broom trees or juniper trees in the wilderness, in places where the land is desolate. Here's the thing, the only reason that a juniper tree or a broom tree can survive in the wilderness because the juniper tree's roots are so deep that they dig into the depths of the earth to suck up whatever water is in the deepest places of the earth, which is how it is able to survive in the desert. I find this very remarkable that Elijah, he falls asleep in the only place in the wilderness where there are any real signs of life. How beautiful is this? It's funny. He finds the one place in the desert where God is allowing life to flourish and ask God to kill him. How crazy is that? God, this is why he's awesome, because when you're running on E and you feel like giving up, he will always give you signs of life in the places where you want to die. This is the God that we serve. 
People say, I gotta take my life, man. I got no other choices. I promise you, if you look hard enough, there's a sign of life there. Sometimes the only reason that we don't see signs of life is because we're not being observant to where God has us in the moment. But just because you don't recognize a sign of life does not mean that life is not there. Here's the other amazing thing about a juniper tree or a broom tree. Ju the, the, the wood of a juniper tree is beautiful because this wood is actually used for making charcoal. I say, why, why is that important? Because when you want to make a fire, some of the best wood in the world to make a fire with is wood from a juniper tree. And when you light the wood of a juniper tree on fire, when it crackles, you ever hear fire crackle like you, you've been around like a campfire and it crackles? The wood is known for its extraordinary crackle as it burns. Not only does it crackle loud, but it burns long. That's why it's a preferred wood for making fires. And I want you to get what I'm trying to say here. It's amazing that God allows him to lay down, not just in a place that has life, but God puts him in a place that has fuel when he has run out of gas. Catch what I'm trying to tell you today. There's a lot of people that are watching online today that have tuned into this broadcast and you feel like, man, I'm out of gas, man. I'm just running on fumes. And I find it extraordinary that God has you watching this today because he knows if you connect to his house, not only will you find life, but he's going to refuel you in places that nobody else can refuel you. He's going to allow you to come to a place. This is why you need to stay in church. People want to run away from church when they got a problem, but they need to run to church because church has the best fuel for you when you need it. It doesn't just have fuel for you to get back on the journey, but there's an abundance of fuel. How do I know? Because Christ wants to give you life and life more abundantly, more than you need to do what you are called to do. Man, I want somebody to hear me today. If you tuned into this broadcast and you're running on E and you got nothing left, you tuned into the right broadcast because there's fuel in this house. But even better than that, there's fire in this house. It's a fire that that does not go out and it's a fire that provides light in the darkest places so when you cannot see our God will provide life and light in the place of his house if you decide to connect to him if you believe it say amen I'm here to offer you life and light and a fire to keep going even when you're walking through the wilderness there's life, there's hope. The second thing I want you to get is God provides. When you feel like you're running on E, God provides. Look at what 1 Kings 19, 5 and 6 says. It says, all at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid down again. So I, I love this. He's, he's sleeping in the place of the desert where there is life. He's sleeping in the place of the desert where there is fuel. 
And, and when he wakes up, he, 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 gets he gets awoken, awakened by an angel, and there's a jar of water, and on some hot coals, there's some bread. Like, God just miraculously places substance for him in the desert. So not only does he give him a broom tree, a place where he can find rest and shade in the wilderness, he provides food and water to physically replenish Elijah, Elijah after he wants to die. I want somebody to get this because we talked about this in the ghost series. It was the first thing that we talked about. You are a body, a soul, and a spirit. You are triune in nature, just like God. The Trinity, you, me, we are triune in nature. We are body, we are soul, and we are spirit. And the truth of the matter is, you can't begin to rest your soul and your spirit if your body is not replenished. It's just a simple truth. We all, I don't care who we are, I know there's some supermen and superwomen out there, we all must find ways to rest and replenish. It's summertime. Here's the best advice that I can give you, church. Take a break. Like, stop! I can't stop. Okay, well, keep going. But where's that gotten you? Yeah. Like, stop and take a break. You will thank me later. I promise you, you will. See, but I want to clarify. Don't take a break from God when you need rest. That's what people do. Oh, I'm tired. I, I'm just not going to serve in this season. Stop that. There's nothing biblical about that. I'm going to step away from church in this season to get some rest. That doesn't make sense to me because God is the one that gives you rest. Why are you going to stop rest when rest is God? You don't, you don't stop doing the thing that gives you rest. You stop doing the things that tire you out. Take a break from your problems because problems will always be there. But when you rest, you'll be able to get up and deal with them because you have a different perspective because you did not take a rest from God. Yeah. Some people want to take a break from God so they can go deal with their problems, and they should be taking a break from their problems so that they can get rest from God. Yeah. You know, I'll be honest, um, and I'm notorious for this, and my wife knows, um, I got a lot of problems. Y'all pray for me. Um, but you know what I do when I don't know what else to do? I sleep. Just go to sleep. I'm like, if some of y'all did that, it, like some of y'all stepping in, I can't sleep. I gotta stop. I can't stop thinking. About... No. When, when I got a problem, I just go to sleep. You say, how could you sleep? We got to think about this, this, and that. I'm like, well, not sleeping ain't going to help me. So I go to sleep. I sleep. And here's the truth. When I go to sleep and wake up, the problems don't just magically disappear. The problems are still there when I wake up. The difference is, is that when I wake up, I have a new perspective. I get new ideas about how to deal with the problem. So sleeping does not take away your problem. Sleeping gives you better perspective, especially when you're intentional about your rest. And before you lay down your head and say, God, I cast my cares upon you. 
when I wake up, could you please give me better perspective about this problem? Let me tell you something. God's going to answer that request every time. Sometimes it might take a few nights sleep to get the right idea. But I promise you, allowing your problems to keep you awake will never help you. Go to sleep. Listen, the most spiritual thing I'm going to say, go to sleep. I promise you, it's going to help you. Because some of us are physically running on E. And the reality is, if you don't break, you break. If you don't break, it's not the first time I've said that at a church. If you don't break, you break. And sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do, church, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is rest your physical. It's the most spiritual thing you could actually do because you get up with better perspective. I love 1 Kings 19 verse 6. It says, he ate and drank and then laid down again. See what I, oh, if I just sleep one time, it's going to be. Listen, sometimes you got to do it again. I love that. And what's the, what, what is the lesson in that? Don't rush your rest. Do not rush your rest because God will provide everything you need in a moment of rest. I promise you, God is not going to respond out of your anxiety. God is not going to just come on to put out your fire, but in a place of rest. Rest shows, rest shows that you trust God. Anxiety shows that you trust yourself. Why are you so chill, pastor? I trust God. Why are you not spazzing out about the fact we ain't got a building yet? Trust God. Why, why you ain't go crazy when the pandemic came in and you knew what to do as far as video? I didn't know what to do. I just trusted God. When life does not make sense, you trust God because when you operate out of a place of rest, it shows that you trust him. When you operate out of a space of anxiety, it shows that you only trust yourself. God will always provide. But finally, when you're running on E, you need all of your strength for the journey ahead. Remember, when you're running on E, you need all of your strength for the journey ahead. Look at what 1 Kings 19, 7 and 8 says. It says, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat. For the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Why would an angel have to wake Elijah up for him to eat a second time before he went to the mountain to meet God? Well, the angel reveals the answer. He says, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. I don't, I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize the strain of the journey that they're on. I think sometimes we think, oh, I could just power through it with, with a little willpower, a little ingenuity, you know, with a little discipline. I could just get through it. Man, the things that God has in store for you, they are intentionally too much for you because he wants you to rely on him. The journey's always too much for you. I feel overwhelmed. You're supposed to. Because if you did not, you'd never have a need to trust God. 
the journey is too much for you. So he slept and ate again because he would have to travel another 200 miles by himself to the mountain of God over 40 days. He walked five miles a day, 40 days, until he got to the mountain of God where God revealed himself to Elijah again. And he needed that energy in order to move forward in his purpose. Truth is, as good as sleep feels, can't sleep forever. Can't, you can't stay in that place. God, take my life. God, I'm too tired. I don't know what else to do. God, I just want to rest. Can't stay there forever. But what I do find is that even though we can't stay there forever, some of us try to move forward a little too fast. Like we just we want to rush it. You move forward too fast. Like you have no gas in the tank. You still trying to move. You're running on fumes. You try to get out of that rest space a little too quickly, not realizing you need rest because there's still a journey ahead of you. There's still a journey before you reach the mountain. That's what the Bible says. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. It doesn't say yea when I get to the mountaintop of the valley of the shadow. No, 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 no. Yea, though I walk through the valley. There's always valleys between the mountains. And for some of us, the journey is way too much. But here's what I love about God. He allows him to rest. He tells him, get up and eat. He allows him to rest again and get up and eat because he says, the journey is too much for you. What does that tell me about God? God did not immediately demand Elijah to go to the mountain to meet him. He gives him not only time to recover physically, he gives him time to recover spiritually. Some of us are so quick to try to move off from stuff. And just because we feel good in the physical, we think that spiritually we're in a good place to move forward. But some of us are so damaged spiritually. Our spiritual gas tank is on E. And we think just because we feel good physically that we can move forward. Here's what I want to tell somebody today. Acting like nothing happened is not a sign of strength. Man, I look at them and they, they seem like nothing's ever wrong. That doesn't show you're strong. That does not show strength. See, what most people got to process is that whatever happened to you, it happened. It actually happened. And acting like it didn't happen is not going to help you. There's people that have gone through so much trauma and they try to be strong because the world says, don't let people see you sweat. Don't let them know when something's wrong with you. I'm the first to preach chin up, shoulders back, but man, we gotta be careful, man. Because it's folks acting like, the, uh, acting like nothing has ever happened and acting like something did not happen does not show real strength process the fact that it happened and when you acknowledge the fact that it happened then you can pray you can process and push forward i've preached this so long i wrote a devotional on it because i just want people to understand like i pray for everything at all times at all seasons for all people but man the thing i do most i don't just pray 
I don't just push forward. I take my time and process. I don't just assume that I'm okay. There's some traumatic things I've gone through in the last year. People I've lost, disappointments I've had. And if I could be honest, maybe if I say it, this will help you. I'm still processing through those things. I just want somebody else to, to, to catch that. What, the, the pastor, he, he prayed and he still got a problem, like he ain't okay? No, I'm not okay. But I trust God. I trust God. And I take my time to process. And there are people that are watching this right now and they've been trying to be so strong. But they've experienced like real trauma. And on the outside, you act like you're okay. But on the inside, you're like, God, just kill me now. I just, I just, I don't even want to be here anymore. You see, if you're in your head and in your heart and you're caught up in your feelings, I'm here to tell you, you are too weak for the journey that it is ahead. Get some rest. You might look good on the outside, but the inside is all messed up. Get, get some rest. I, I want to tell you what, what the angel said to Elijah. The journey has been too much for you. That's okay to acknowledge that. The journey's been too much for you. You can't cope with the abuse anymore. The journey has been too much for you. You never recovered from the last time that you failed. The journey has been too much for you. You can't keep providing for your family by yourself. You're the single mom or the single dad out there. You, you, you don't even know how to make ends meet anymore. The journey has been too much for you. You, 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 you haven't processed that person that abandoned you and said that they'd always be there. The journey has been too much for you. You still can't believe that after all the IUI and the IVF and all the praying and believing that you were going to have the baby this year, that it has not happened yet. You're still dealing with that. The journey has been too much for you. Some of you just lost, you, you lost somebody. You lost your mom. You lost your dad. You lost a friend. You lost a brother. You lost a sister. And it hurt so much. Because you said, God, why them? The journey has been too much for you. And that's okay. It's okay. Because you got to take the proper time to process your feelings. And why you got to process them? Because just like Elijah, you still got a ways to go before you get to the mountain. And I love the mountain time. The valley's hard, but man, if you keep going, you get to the mountain, Mount Horeb. And I love mountain, the mountain, the, the mountain, Mount Horeb, because the, the mountain is where you get to meet God. But He gives you strength because He knows that the journey there is not easy. He gives you rest because He knows that the journey there is not easy. But you can't fully get to the mountain of God if you don't take time to process through your emotions. Elijah had to get up because the truth of the matter, this was not the end of Elijah's story. He still has so much work left to do. You see, if Elijah died under that broom tree, then we would never get to know about the prophet Elisha. Elijah passed down his mantle, his prophetic mantle to Elisha. And I love 
the life of Elisha because when you read what happens after the prophet Elijah Elisha literally did double the miracles that Elijah did but he would never have been able to operate in his prophetic gifting if Elijah had died under the broom tree you got to process what you're going through and you got to get up because God still has so much more to do with you when you're running on E never forget where there's life there's hope when you're running on E never forget God provides and when you're running on E never forget you need all your strength for the journey ahead I don't know who this message is for if it wasn't for you it's definitely for me <laughs> And I promise you, I, I take my moments to get my rest because at the end of the day, we got to be strong because there's so much more that God has called you to do. But you cannot be strong until you first acknowledge you're going through stuff. That's real strength. When you can acknowledge you got an issue. Let me tell you something. A long time ago, I realized I had a big issue. It was called a sin issue. It was a big problem that was holding me back from where I ever wanted to be. And I just thought, man, if I'm good enough, I can get past it. If I just push through it, I can get past it. If, 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 if I just do all the right, if, if I, 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 if I do it, I can beat it. God said, no. You find rest in me, son, because the journey is too much for you. This is why Jesus says, come. To me all who are weary and burdened and heavy laden and i will give you rest for my yoke is easy and my burden is light i want to help somebody out there today that's running on e that feels like you got to keep doing everything yourself that's a lie from the pits of hell you find rest in jesus who's done all the work that you could never do because when you find rest in jesus anxiety leaves you when you find rest in jesus you don't have to be depressed he's going to give you joy and that's going to give you strength when you find rest in jesus you know the journey's too much for you but you're going to get through it because you're not on the journey by yourself anymore he's there with you he'll never leave you he'll never forsake you when you're running on e you can trust him to fill you up and if you're out there today and you say man i want that I want that hope, man. I'm tired, Pastor. I got nothing else, man. I got nothing. Nothing in the tank. I need Jesus to fill me up. Give your life to him. The Bible says you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart. He is raised from the dead. You'll be saved. I promise you, when you got Jesus, you'll never have had to feel like you're running on E because he's going to supernaturally fill you up in ways that you can never fill up yourself. If you're out there today, you're watching this message, and you say, Pastor, I need that. I need, I need to be filled with that Jesus that you're talking about. If that's you on the count of three, man, forget what people around you are doing. Don't worry about them. Be honest with yourself. Acknowledge where you are. And I promise you, Jesus will fill you up. On the count of three, you want Jesus in your life, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Hold it up. Don't worry. Listen, I can't see you. All I see is a camera. But guess what? More than your hand, God, he sees directly to your heart. And I want you to hear his voice when he says, the journey's been too much for you.
that's okay. My son, my daughter, keep going. You'll meet me on the mountain. And you don't have to go by yourself. Because my son, Jesus, he's going to be on every step of that journey with you. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? I want everybody to repeat after me in this place. And online, everywhere. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. Not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 So, my spirit, if you, if you, if you say, Pastor, I, I already love Jesus. I already accepted him in my heart. But I'm empty, man. Reach your hands towards the screen right now. God, supernaturally fuel your son and your daughter that feels like they got nothing left. The journey has been too much for them. Let them know they don't have to operate in anxiety because that just means they trust themselves. But God, they can find rest in you. They can find rest in your house. They can find rest amongst your people. God, all they got to do is fully trust you, God. The journey has been too much for them, but the journey has not been too much for you, God. We trust you in all things. And I pray that in the middle of the wilderness, God, you're going to supernaturally show them that there's life there. In the middle of the wilderness, God, you're going to refuel them and you're going to light a fire in them that will never go out. In the middle of the wilderness, God, you will provide. And in the middle of the wilderness, God, you will give them rest. God, I pray that you would encourage my brothers and sisters today that feel like they are running on E. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 I don't know who that was for, but I pray that bless somebody's spirit and we celebrate salvation at Cool Church. And right now on Zoom, on, 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 on Facebook, on YouTube, on the Cool Church, right now we, we about to clap. I can't open up the ceiling and show you what's happening in heaven, man, but there's a celebration going on. Angels are breakdancing. The choir is out. The heavenly hosts are singing. The pearly gates just got polished. The streets of gold are waiting for you and me, and they are celebrating in heaven. So right now on the platform, start hitting those hearts. Start hitting those. I, I, I should see hearts going across the screen like crazy. It should be nuts. Start putting the claps in the chat. Right now we about to celebrate our brothers and sisters on the count of three. I want y'all to turn up on Zoom. I want y'all shaking y'all screens. Here we go. One, two, three. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you for our brothers and sisters in Jesus' name. Man, I hope somebody got something out of that. And man, this is just the beginning of the cool summer. We're going to keep providing messages that refuel your spirit in the hottest, craziest time of the year. I want somebody to hear me. God wants to renew you. God wants to restore you. God wants to refresh you. All you got to do is trust him. Amen. Hey, love y'all so much. We got another in-person service coming soon, man. Make sure you register, man. Things are heating up, but I promise you God is with us through it all and pay attention because Mirna and Kishana are coming back with some final words to bless you, but let me uh, reach your hands towards me. Let me bless you 
uh, on the way out. Father God, I thank you for the greatest people in all the world, the people of Cool Church. Bless them as they rise up, as they lie down, as they go out, as they come in and they're laboring in their leisure. God, surround them with your presence. And God, I pray that this week of their life will be the best week of their life. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Love you. God bless. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you've heard, please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And always remember that you were created out of love.